This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, concerts are finally making a comeback in Canada. We discuss with Alan Cross the return of live music across the country. What does it mean for artists and tourism around Canada too? And how about some fantastic concert halls and Massey Hall reopening in Toronto? Ryan gets into the best Black Friday deals for millennials. If you have a millennial in your life, this is what we need to know. We promise it's not his Christmas list, he says, but I'm pretty sure he's just dropping hints for you for me. He dives into the trailer of the upcoming Grand Tour special as well. Jimmy, or Jeremy Clarkson and the gang are off to France. And are you okay with posing as a nurse in the hospital for over a year when it's not even you and you're not even a nurse? And what about over-enthusiastic football fans? All of this and more coming up on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. Ryan O'Donnell is here. I'm Shane Hewitt. It is time for Are You Okay? Are you okay with resumes? Uh, yes, only because my mom is really good at making them. So I have a good resume thanks to my mom. Uh, and I think it's kind of neat. Like after you do a job, you get to put something on there and, you know, you get all smart with how you sell yourself. I think it's cool. I think resumes are good. I, uh, man, I need your mom's help then. My resume is terrible. Real? Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll let you know. Well, it's, it's, um, it's. How do I do a resume? My job doesn't translate to just any old job, right? It's like, what have you done? Well, I started my first business in 2020, or excuse me, in uh, 2000. And I've been on the radio since 1996. What is your skill set? Talking. Opening a business and talking on the radio. <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay. but it's, you got to find like the little details that make that in of itself special you know that's the cool stuff that's what i love and that, that like when you make a good resume that 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 really sticks out and trust me it can't be any worse than the time i was working at hmb and this girl came up with a resume and she was wearing like massive weed earrings and she had a 7-eleven slurpee in her hand when she dropped it off and it had like a ring on it you know like when you have like a wet glass mm. on a piece of paper it had that yeah. on it so you can't be worse than that. I'm sure it can. Uh, Trucker Dan says, Brendan Kelly must be good with resumes. He's done a thousand of them. It's true. He actually has had a lot of jobs, that guy. Mm-hmm. He's like the job Many. guy. Many. I don't know. I just It's one of those things that if you don't do it for a while, it gets way out of date, and then it's a ton of work. And I know some people that they just update it. They check on it. It's part of their you know normal task a couple times a year. It's in their calendar. Update the resume. Take a new look at it, make some changes, and they're only on it for 20 minutes, and then they're done, and it's always looks good. If anybody asks, got a resume, they're like, here. If someone comes headhunting for them, see, that's cool. Ah, well, a resume might be daunting to make. I find it daunting to make, but without one, chances are you won't be getting the job that you want. Now, that it doesn't matter if it's McDonald's or a law firm, but for every job, you're going to need some sort of qualification. Seems good, right? The technology of today's world, you apply for a job, checkbox, got a degree, you go in one pile, checkbox, no degree, you go in the other pile. It's hard. Who you know matters, but you still have to have some experience or education related to it. Vancouver police have arrested a woman accused of using a real nurse's name and passing herself off as a qualified professional at one of BC's premier medical facilities. Bridget uh, Bridget Clarue faces fraud and impersonation charges after working a year at a BC women at the BC women's hospital under another name police and the provincial health uh, services authority are trying to figure out how many patients she may have treated in that time this is Aaron MacArthur for more than a year a woman posing as a nurse delivered medical care to patients at BC women's hospital Working with the Ottawa Police Service, the Vancouver Police Department recommended charges of fraud and impersonation. Crown Council approved charges Thursday against 49-year-old Bridget Clareau for impersonating a nurse between June 2020 and June 2021. We don't know yet how many um, people that this had affected, but we are working with uh, the Provincial Health Services Authority to um, you know, identify patients that may have come into contact with her during that time. 
The BC College of Nurses and Midwives put out a warning about Claro in June of this year, indicating she worked under multiple aliases and was never registered to work as a nurse. Reminding employers to verify registration status for all new hires. According to the Minister of Health, there is an internal investigation into the hiring of a convicted fraudster. Obviously it's a police matter and uh, uh, it will be dealt with by them, but uh, we take uh, patient safety and the quali quality and qualifications of our health professionals very seriously. Claro has a long list of convictions. She has been on the radar of licensing bodies for more than a decade. The Ontario College of Nurses issued a warning about her in 2010, which is still active. The BC Nurses Union says this raises serious questions about the state of patient care in the province. The union wants to know if staffing shortages led to corners being cut in the hiring process. Why did it happen? How did it happen? Is there enough people checking who's on the floor? Are we that short staffed that we don't even know who's in the care of our, our patients? It's very concerning. Claro remains in custody awaiting her next court appearance. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. So, wait, so she wasn't not only pretending to be someone else, she was not even a nurse, busy being a nurse? And there was a warning about her? How? For a year? No, like, she's got to be at least somewhat good at it if she was able to get away with it, but still... That suits. It's literally the show Suits. Oh, oh my God. Like show Instead suits. of being a lawyer, it's a nurse. I would argue both have serious consequences, but oh my God. Wow. That's amazing. Fraud, impersonation of like nurses work hard. It's, it's a pretty thankless job in most cases. They deal with all kinds of, uh, you know, heartwarming situations like, you know, birthing babies and stuff. But at the same time, they deal with an awful lot of very scary and nasty situations. If you are going to fake being anybody, why fake one of the most difficult jobs out there? You think you would fake an easy job, right? Like being on the yeah. radio or something. <laughs> A pilot. Oh, yeah. That's not a good job to fake either. No. <laughs> no, don't fake being a pilot. Oh man. Oh, okay. Um, I just I can't believe that. Let take a second to acknowledge the nurses and the hard work that actual real nurses do. That's <laughs> uh, mind blowing. Okay. Are you okay? Are you okay with football fans? They're a different breed, man. They are a different, if you're a diehard football fan, there's something different about it from what, like every football game I've ever been to, especially, and this isn't a dig at Riders fans, but like Riders fans are nuts. They are, it's, but the good nuts, it, there's a good nuts. It, yeah, nine times out of 10, but just as much as every <laughs> Calgary Flames fan, nine out of 10 are great. And then there's the one guy who sucks. Like every fan base has it, but there's something different about the way people follow love and devote themselves to football teams with a watermelon on their head yes exactly that's the thing i admire most about the riders fans is that in saskatchewan you don't need a calendar to know the football schedule because just when you get up that day and you walk anywhere everybody's wearing green and you're like hey must be a football day yeah every sport has its fair share of crazies Football brings out all kinds of different ones, though. Maybe it's the beer. I don't know. Maybe it's the tailgating beforehand. Uh, yeah. Watermelons on your heads. Cheese on your heads if you're a Packers fan. Games get wild. The coaches take note of that energy and the passion, whether it's good or it's bad. Nick Saban, who coaches Alabama Stare Football. Oh, there it is. There it is. Stare? <laughs> I was doing pretty to... good for a mail-it-in yeah. Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a typo. I'm guessing it's a star. Yeah. Alabama no, state. 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 Alabama State. Alabama football. State football sent a timely message to Alabama fans seeking more lopsided results from the Crimson Tide. I'm assuming that's a nickname for their team. Be yes. grateful for the team you have. The seven year old coach ripped, self absorbed, blowout hungry fans in a rant lasting over two minutes on Wednesday. Apparently the fans were displeased. Here are some highlights. 
When I came here, everybody was happy to win a game. All right, now we're not happy to win a game anymore. We're not happy to win a game at all. All right, we think we should win games by whatever. And I don't think that's fair to the players either. Nobody wants to win worse than they do. Not me, not you. I don't care what kind of fan you are. Nobody wants to win more than the players that play. Nobody. So for all you self-absorbed folks out there that can't look past your own self, I, to appreciate what other people are doing. Wow. Iris, yeah, I respect that. Yeah. I like that he talks about winning more than one in a row. That's like a Montreal Canadiens fan. Ooh. Ow. <laughs> no. Uh, Alabama has been college football's preeminent force for much of Saban's 15-year tenure, winning six national championships and making their way to the top of the AP poll at least once in each of the last 14 seasons. Let's take a second to honor football fans who are loyal to the very end, literally. A longtime diehard Steelers fan passed away last week and left a very fitting obituary. Here's the obit from WTAE News. 76-year-old Wayne Alexa of Crafton passed away after a, quote, long bout with the Steelers. Now, the obit goes on to say, quote, he was at home with his family when the Steelers went into overtime against the 0-8 Detroit Lions, and that was all he could take. Brian is enjoying this. Okay, so Mr. Alexa died the day of that game. His family also highlighted his lengthy athletic career, which included a tryout for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1966. That's cool. It's cool. I is it just me or is she just like a little bit too cheery? Like this yeah, guy's dead. A it's a really funny old bit. He had a wonderful obituary. He died that day, but look at the <laughs> joke, everyone. Like it's just it's just like the tone is just a little I think it's hilarious. There I follow this guy on uh YouTube, which does amazing sports coverage. He's a diehard Steelers fan, a Yinzer, as you would be called. And uh he he said that this was the boldest move any Steelers fan has ever made, and he loved it. So I respect it. I um, my buddy David was a big Steelers fan, and then they won, and I sent him an email saying, "Congratulations on your Steelers." And Ryan, you will appreciate this. His response was, "It's spelled S T E L E R S." <laughs> That's a typo. <sighs> nice. Clearly not a football fan. Clearly. No. Are you okay? Are you okay with silly names? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's funny when you run into someone with a name that just kind of makes you go, "Really?" Like I feel Does bad Laura for the kids name? that were No, Lord, no, Lord does. I'm talking about like kids who were named Khaleesi or Jon uh... Snow during Game of Thrones hype. Like how mad yeah. those kids are going to be at their parents. Like that kind of thing. I I love it. Uh, my son's six foot five. His nickname is Peanut. Even That's his hockey good. coach calls him Peanut. That's good though. My one of my parent, uh, my mom's friends growing up was six, like six six, and over like three hundred pounds, and his nickname was Tiny. Yeah. See, that's amazing, yeah. right? Yeah, right. I, I wish I had that. That's good. <laughs> call you me wish Goliath. You had that nickname? <laughs> yeah, call Goliath. me Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's not very tall. If you uh, all five if you're wondering seven why he of says me. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, and well, everyone needs a bit of a name, but it's got to be the right name. It can't be that weird. Uh, there's a magical place in this earth where we get to see and hear some crazy things. It's a magical land that we call Florida. What does it mean to be from Florida? Florida. Straight drill. <laughs> ah, yes. The people of Florida are great. Um, at giving us things to talk about. But there are some interesting folks, among them swamps too, theme parks and beaches. This Florida woman's name is Crystal Methvin. Okay. Crystal Methvin was just arrested for possession of Crystal Meth. <laughs> 
The St. Augustine Police Department says that officers got a tip. A woman was sitting in a car on the side of the highway when they arrived. Methvin didn't have her driver's license. A search turned up crystal meth in a plastic bag, as well as more unused bags in her purse. Officers told CBS in Jacksonville that they believe she was selling the drugs. She now faces a third-degree felony charge for possession of meth and is being held on $5,000 bond. Now, that Tory... That's a typo. That's probably a story from... (laughs) (laughs) That story from CBS Miami... Seems very true. Uh, there are v- some other people across the world with hilarious names, too, that could be better than Crystal Methvin, who got arrested for Crystal Meth. <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> tracked down some of these people with really strange names. This gentleman is a volunteer firefighter. How many years have you been doing this? 30 years, Jimmy. 30 years you've been doing it, and your name is? Les McBurney. Les McBurney. <laughs> You 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 go in with a hose and you literally make things less McBurney, right? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, we got a text that says Peekaboo Street, uh, the skier. That was a cool name. Uh, if you have uh, people with uh, cool names, it comes to your mind. Uh, send them in. Uh, the the best one was um, a friend of a friend. And I've shared it before. He used to be the mayor of Crossfield, Alberta. And legitimately, he na- his name is Phil McCracken. So. That's that's pretty excellent. There's a train in Le- England that's called Dick Mabut. <laughs> really? It's named after a guy. Yeah, the train is literally called Dick Mabut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm serious. And there's a guy on TikTok that does train spotting. And he's like, that is my favorite train. It's Dick my butt. It's yeah. <laughs> this is the Shift Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to the Shift. Good morning. Appreciate you being here. 877-399-9898. This week was a big week in the land of the concerts. So we thought since it's the weekend we're gonna kick it off let's kick off the weekend friday style thinking of concerts in canada let's go well, Foss, hmm? you know we finally here right well we it's friday then it's saturday sunday what it's friday it's friday then it's saturday sunday and then we go back to work okay um as we take a little look and celebrate everything that is going on across our country, let's touch into all of our broadcast uh, cities, as we should do, and uh, celebrate it. Cool in the gang, uh, not on the concert list, just so you know. Taking a little look around Canada, see the next big concerts that are coming to your hometown as new ones have been announced everywhere. Let's start in Toronto. Gordon Lightfoot is live at the new and very much $180 million improved Massey Hall. It's a sold-out show. We're going to get more information on this coming up shortly here with Alan Cross. Massey Hall is back. And that is absolutely fantastic news because what a stunning building they've turned that into. Ryan O'Donnell is here with Hamilton. In uh, good old Hamilton, you got July Talk, the Canadian alt-rockers. Uh, known for that uh, Picturing Love song. That's a good one. Uh, they are live at the Ontario Concert Hall December 6th. Closer than you might think. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Winnipeg, City in Color. Ryan just saw them, said they were very sad. But very good. <laughs> but very good. Very good. Um, in Calgary. So in Winnipeg, City in Color this weekend. Uh, they're going to be live uh, early in the week, Centennial Concert Hall, on November 30th. Nice. Uh, Calgary, this is a surprise. This makes me very excited. Canadian instrumentalists, sampleists, and jazz wizards, Bad Bad Not Good, are live at the Palace Theatre December 8th. They are good, good, not bad. Uh, very interested to see this show. I will absolutely be trying to make that one. 
Uh, yeah, Ryan's trying to get the day off, actually. Yeah. How'd you go see that one? Um, in Kelowna, let's go to the interior, okay? Dirks Bentley is playing at Prospera Place uh, tonight for the Beers on Me Tour. And then on the West Coast, right? Sorry, Beers on Me Tour. That's fantastic. Vancouver Natives, <laughs> uh, Mother Mother, or BC Natives. Uh, they are playing December 2nd at the Commodore. I've seen them. I met them. They put on a hell of a good show. Very fun. Uh, great energy. Great band. And there's so many um, so many other great shows, too, that are coming out. We've got um, Rock the Block has been announced for this summer in um, yep. in London. Country Thunder. Which is Country Thunder is also there. Uh, Boots and Hearts has also been announced. Uh, the artists that are coming in on these shows look really, really great. And I, I think it's – I use Rock the Block as a great example because I've been in London on, like, the Rock the Block weekends, and the whole city – is excited about those like it's a night out it's a good time and it's absolutely fantastic i don't know about you i feel great knowing that concerts are coming i'm not even a big fan of concerts really i'm just not i mean maybe it's because of the the work it was work for a long time but mm. i i do appreciate them from a distance i'm a little like brendan kelly that way uh give me some space and i can sit back and enjoy the show that's nice um, but it's it's absolutely fantastic, and it's nice to see. 877-399-9898. Uh, concerts coming back. Are you ready for this? Are you excited for this? What are you most excited for? Let us know your thoughts on the concerts and who you want to go see. Now, if we're going to talk about all the concerts and all the things, earlier I had a conversation with the one and the only Alan Cross about the state of the concerts and the state of all of the music things. The Ongoing History of New Music is the podcast. He is unbelievable. And here is that conversation on The Shift with Alan Cross. Some exciting news for all you live music lovers. The musics are back, which is kind of cool. Alan Cross is here. And Alan, it makes me curious. Um, you know, you've had a couple years here to write, which, by the way, is one of my favorite things that you do. Your your podcast and your radio work is, is, um, is second to none. I mean, everyone, Alan Cross all that but it's really to me it's always your writing i always appreciate that the amount of depth you put into and time you put into your writing so i i appreciate that you've had a couple years to do nothing but write you must be a little bit anxious to get out of the house and maybe go back to an arena oh you have no idea although i i I think i have a little bit of agoraphobia um i still haven't adjusted to going outside and being with other people (laughs) After being inside for so long, but get I'll over it. Uh, we thought we would bounce around a couple of the uh, a couple of the shows that have been announced because it seems to be a bit of a flood of spring into summer bookings. Normally, I would say most of these shows we don't hear about them until February, but this pre Christmas buy your tickets thing this year is is kind of cool. So we've got lots of shows coming. What are you most excited about, Alan Cross? Well. That's a really good question. Um, I, I think the thing, being based in Toronto, that I'm most interested in is the return of Massey Hall. Uh, this is a music hall that opened up in 1894, 127 years ago. It was built by a uh, Hart Massey and gifted to the city of Toronto as a place where people could come and listen to music and do other things. And on July 1st, 2018, the place was closed for some massive renovations. And today, as we speak here, uh, November 25th, 2021, the hall is reopening after 1,243 days of renovation and $184 million worth of investment. So the first show tonight and for the next couple of nights will be Gordon Lightfoot. And the reason it's Gordon Lightfoot is because he was the last performer on July 1st, 2018 to perform before everything shut down. So it only is fitting that he be the first performer when things start up. And Gordon Lightfoot has played Massey Hall more than any other performer in its history. It's more than 170 times. So it is a, a big deal. Uh, for for the city of Toronto and, you know, for the the country, really, because uh, the new Massey Hall is turning into this massive uh, production hub. I had a tour of it earlier this week, and I can see where that $184 million went. It's uh, 
it, it's Massey Hall is so special, isn't it? In that um, it's a it's a big old building. Like it's not a little spot. Uh, it's quite magical. There's there's tons of seats there. Uh, with the revitalization and all the new things, um, there's an awful lot of history into broadcasting that's been inserted inserted into that with the Slate family. Um, so there, it's it's so incredibly cool. And when you talk about uh, Gordon Lightfoot, like I mean. If only somebody would give that guy a chance. I think he's got a bright future, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did something with him back in uh, December at uh, the Alma Combo in Toronto, another place that opened after a very long period of re- uh, renovation and restoration. And uh, you know, he's 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 a little older, a little slower, a little more, a uh, little weak. I mean, he did have a, a very big health scare a number of years ago when he had. Uh, an aortic aneurysm that led him to, you know, almost bleed out internally, but you know, he is still Gordon Lightfoot. That voice is still unmistakable. And when he starts going through all his songs, you realize that, wow, this guy has a, has a real body. It's amazing. Um, I would, one of the people that it would be nice to just sit and have a conversation with, but at the same time, I'm not sure I would, be able to ask any questions because I would just listen, <laughs> like say something else, yeah, read this, I'd, you know, it's yeah. so amazing. I was sort of thinking of Masonic temple size of events that um, when, when we talked about how do we make concerts better post pandemic, I got really excited about the smaller venues. Um, even the, the, um, okay. the Ironwood in Calgary, like this tiny little divey joint that's, you know, got some chairs and a rotten old stage and a couple of lights and, I was thinking about those ones. That's sort of counter post pandemic intuitive though, because there's less space and they're smaller and the ventilation's not as good. Um, I'm excited to see where the concerts go this summer. Obviously the outdoor concerts are going to be super fantastic too. We're starting to see some of these big uh, group tours come back Uh, country, country thunder and all those. Yeah. uh, There, there have been in other countries more, out uh, more big shows than, than we've seen in Canada. And uh, I can explain why. First of all, um, when you stage a major tour, there is a lot of upfront costs. And they're so expensive to stage that you may not make any money until the last half dozen shows of a tour. So if you have any shows along the way that are canceled, well, that really, really cuts into your bottom line. And it's tough enough having to make sure that your, your crew and your band stays healthy and COVID free for the entire length of a tour, uh, let alone having to cross a, an international border uh, where you have to worry about, you know, what are the requirements for leaving the U S and going into Canada? And then what are the requirements from leaving Canada and coming into back into the U S? So a lot of artists, uh, Foo Fighters would be a great example toured across the U.S., uh, but did not come into Canada because it was just too difficult and too risky from a logistical point of view. And a lot of those logistics had to do with COVID. So hopefully next year we'll have harmonized the entry requirements on both sides of the border. And we will figure out exactly what sort of, you know, vaccine passport or what sort of, uh, you know, antigen test or rapid test that we're, we're going to have to take going back and forth. But right now it's too complicated for a, a moving army, like a tour to, to really navigate. Well, and what happens if someone gets dropped off, right? Someone comes in, they test positive, their VAC stuff is not in alignment, whatever. And then all of a sudden you've got one integral person that gets dropped off and you've got to get someone else to fill that spot. I mean, from a business perspective, it's not even functional at that point. Well, I'll give I'll give you an example. Uh, Kiss had to cancel some shows because uh, a member of the crew, it was, I think, Paul Stanley's guitar tech, tested positive and eventually died um, of COVID. And the, the issue was that he had been working with a fake vaccine passport, a fake vaccine card. So that cost Kiss an awful lot of money. And people are looking at, at Kiss and going, oh, boy, you know, uh, look what happened to them. How are we going to um, work and, and, and adapt in these particular situations? Uh, we have brought up the conversation of Rock the Park in London. Um, and if you don't know Rock the Park uh, for the audience, it is this magical little uh, festival. They do a they do a pop sort of a pop one and a rock one and like the throwback one. And it, it, it becomes for London. It's 
it's an annual event. The whole city goes to these, and we've started to see them come back too this year. So not only the big, beautiful Massey Hall Jubilee shows out of Edmonton and Calgary, but we're starting to see some of these uh, these other little ones pop up too, like Rock the Park, which is, uh, to me, it's really encouraging. Do you find it encouraging? Yeah, I do. The smaller festivals are much more easy to manage than the larger festivals. We've seen a number of the big festivals uh, you know, require tremendous in, in, in uh, investment. I'll give you one uh, example of the Skookum Festival in, in Vancouver, which I uh, was at the, the last one. Um, a lot of money underwriting that one, but not enough. And it, it had to it had to go away. So the smaller ones, a little easier to, uh, to manage because the talent isn't as expensive, the insurance isn't as expensive, um, the logistics involved aren't as expensive. Uh, and I think that's probably the future of, of festivals in Canada for, for the foreseeable future. We don't do festivals like big festivals very well, like they do in the U.S., the U.K., and other parts of Europe, because we don't have the population, we don't have the infrastructure, and we don't have a culture for, for doing those things. I mean, uh, going to Glastonbury, for example, in Britain, has been a traditional rite of passage for, for millions of people since 1970. Uh, the United States has built up Bonnaroo and Coachella and a few others. Uh, Lollapalooza in, in uh, Chicago in, um, in 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 every August. Uh, we just don't we have don't seem to have the capacity for doing those things uh, above a certain mm-hmm. size. So yeah, we'll, we'll take what we can get. Alan Cross, the ongoing history of new music. Check out the podcast. And by the way, um, the commercial free subscription is available uh, on the Apple. If you want to go do that too, you can get access to the entire online library of uh, of Alan Cross's brain. Really, is what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Congratulations that. on that, man. I know that I, I was hearing some stats about how many episodes there are available online. Nine hundred nine hundred and thirty three episodes as of. Well, no, actually, I finished writing episode nine hundred and forty four. Wow, that's crazy to think, hey. And that's the yeah, that's and that's based lot. on the weekly or is that based on the daily? That's the weekly. That's, the yeah. weekly. Um, yeah. that's cool, man. It's neat. We'll have a part. Let's let, we'll bring you on for the week of a thousand too. Yeah, that'll be sometime in twenty twenty three. You got it mapped out? out. That's cool. I think it's amazing, Alan Cross. Thanks for being here, bud. You bet. This is the Shift Podcast. What is the best concert that you have ever seen? Ryan O'Donnell is here. I'm Shane Hewitt. Is there uh, is there a best for you? Mm-hmm. Not yeah, saddest. There is. No, there is a best. I would immediately lean with. I'd say the most impactful was seeing Morrissey because the Smiths are my favorite band. But the best concert I've ever been to is probably Black Sabbath on the End tour in 2016 they're my favorite metal band well tied with judas priest and um i'm going to tell you a story at that concert they we had pretty good seats they sounded incredible i mean ozzy barely moved we've talked about how ozzy performs but he sounds amazing right and anyway uh i was headbanging and losing my mind so much this was my first metal concert ever that the lady sitting beside us leaned over to my best friend brett and she said is your friend on crack? Is he okay? I was okay. I was just really feeling the music that night. And I, it's just, that is such a core memory for me. It is such a good concert. They just rocked the house out. Like it was amazing. Huh? That's cool. Uh, mine breaks down into a couple, the white stripes, um, the White Stripes were probably the coolest because I saw them at the Warfield in San Francisco. I've shared that before. Yeah. And amazing. what's that? Oh, sorry. Oh, it's I, amazing. That venue. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yes. Sorry. Season. I didn't yeah. hear what you said there. It was kind of it was goofy in my ear. Um, the um, the show was so simple. It was red lights, white lights, a drum kit, and a guitar and bass. That's what I absolutely loved about it. It That's the coolest part um, of all of it. And I, I, I think it was amazing, and I loved it. Now, there's a couple other shows that I'd like to share with you, too. I'll get to those shortly. Uh, some of your text messages here. 
I can't, Trucker Dan says, I can't easily say what concert was my best ever. The most memorable in recent years was Lee Aaron and Harlequin opening up for Prism. There's a lot of hairspray there. Holy. Um, what else we got here? Queen Elizabeth Theater in Vancouver is awesome for sound and uh, quaint, medium-sized venue. Catherine, thank you very much, Cat. Appreciate that one. Um, Steve had sent in best concert, uh, used to work at the Rogers Arena, was Van Halen playing the entire show while we set out chairs on the floor at the arena. This is when Wolf first joined the band. David Lee Roth was not singing. Uh, I was. <laughs> sound checks are awesome. <laughs> Um, yes. They were doing backup vocals and practicing all the things uh, while they were setting up chairs, which is amazing to be able to do those things. Catherine also says, I would love to see Elton John when he's here. Elton John's one of those ones that I think you're going to have to try to see it. I don't want to be that guy that puts some sort of jinx on it. But if you get a chance to see Elton John, I would say take it. It's, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, he looks yeah, good in I those commercials for Uber Eats, but... <laughs> it's yeah that's a good point i just want to sing rocket man with like a legion of thirty thousand other people you know he's just he's so good and um i don't know i just i get the feeling that when the time comes for that one i think we're all going to be surprised he's the biggest of all i'm gonna say he's the biggest of all time i say he is the biggest of all the time of all the singers of all the things I realize that his numbers now have been passed by like Drake and stuff like that because of the accessibility to music. But if you look what that guy accomplished and what Queen has accomplished, um, I still take Elton John as the best of all time. Most impactful again and again and again mm -hmm. and again. I don't, and again. I don't disagree. Yep. Multiple yep. generations. And the fact that he's with mm -hmm. Lil Nas X and Uber Eats commercials right now and creating a whole new audience with his songs and the pop remixes of some of his songs right now. Um, cold cold heart right and um the fact that he did it in the 90s with princess diana and the candle song and and yeah i think he's the best of all time uh pink floyd bc place what is your favorite concert of all time 877-399-9898 first time i saw captain tractor was in the ironwood in calgary an absolutely fantastic venue for a band of that caliber i keep trying to get the mahones to play there that's a good idea thanks dan the best concert ever from Ryan in Port Alberni. Hey, Ryan, it's been a while. Was seeing Nine Inch Nails in Victoria on the night of my 30th birthday in 2008. The show was absolutely amazing. I mean, when you get to uh, Nine Inch Nails closer, I can only imagine how that would feel, right? And the whole the place stadium? would just, yeah. yeah, would just erupt. I mean, there's some great Nine Inch Nails songs, but... You know, closer defined an era and generation in music. That was obscene, the impact of that song um, that they managed to pull off there. <laughs> Let's go to Clark, who's in Didsbury. Hi, Clark. Hey, hey buddy. Uh, you uh, you were going to see a show, but it didn't work out. This is a, an, a sort of an opposite of a concert show call. <laughs> uh, well, there was two concerts. Um uh... I had an unfortunate accident and ended up in uh, a hospital getting treated for a rather nasty bullet wound. And, oh, uh, well, yeah. And I gave my tickets to my younger brother and he watched Fleetwood Mac over at the Stampede Grounds. Oh, that's But years before, my little brother said he got right up front and got to see Stevie Nicks rather close up. And he loved it. Uh, however, many years earlier with my then wife, we attended the Coliseum in L.A., Jim Morrison, and the Doors. And Morrison just went absolutely ballistic and freaking crazy. And the crowd was just gobsmacked and then went wild. Wow. And I'll never, ever, ever forget that. And, of course, we made our way towards the exit because that place was just going nuts. That's hmm. a long time ago. I know, but it was, um, how can I sp say, spiritually, emotionally enlightening. Oh, really? And it just shook us all over the place. Huh. You know, he, he did his songs and screamed and hollered at the audience and everything else. I think he got dragged up on obscenity charges and it didn't really matter 
Yeah. Because that place just sucked it all in. It was the 70s. Yeah. Way back, counterculture. <laughs> everybody wanted something different. And it didn't really matter. Of course, uh, a few months later, I was in Vietnam. Oh, no way. Wow. That's incredible. Um, wow. What an era to think of uh, so long ago. Thank you so much for the call, Clark. I appreciate that. Glad uh, glad you made it. <laughs> made it through. <laughs> well, you know what? we got to make a better country, guys. Not just, you know, get back better. we got to mm-hmm. make it better. And just give a thumbs up to every first responder you see. You wouldn't mm-hmm. believe the smiles they get when you do that. Mm-hmm. And then- Love it. It's a great suggestion and a good thing to remember. Thanks so much. Clark is in Dinsbury, 877-399-9898. There was a dinner that I went to, and um, there was a, the host of the dinner sat down at the piano and and played a couple of songs. And it was something that I could not afford um, to go to, but I was lucky enough to get a, uh, a, a chance to go. And he sat down at the piano and he started to play a song. And um, I'm trying to be coy a little bit here. Uh, and this is sort of um, what it sounded like when he did it. No, this is this was one. Oh, man, this is probably the wrong one, too. I screwed it up. There it is. Too many different edits. So, sitting at a dinner in a small room, I'm going to say 100 people. And there's a grand piano in the corner. And then David Foster sits down and starts playing the piano. Now, it wasn't really a concert. It was a fundraising dinner. But then, how lucky to sit there and hear that and then hear some storytelling from uh, David Foster about things in music and uh, some of the stories about that he went through. Um, his ex-wife, BJ, actually is another uh, fantastic storyteller of um, of those stories from way back in the day. Amazing stories about Michael Jackson, actually, that they share. Then there was another, um, there was another guest there that was introduced and I was, I was surprised um, because it was, it was sort of like, Hey, there's this dinner and David Foster's going to be there and he's got some friends that have come with him. And, um, this other guy sits down at the piano and starts playing the piano too. And this is one of my favorite, favorite music moments. Sitting down at a dinner in a small room and Peter Cetera is um, playing the piano in the corner was an absolutely mind-blowing moment of an opportunity. Um, And so that could be why the big concerts, the big stadium shows for me have not become this deep, deeply connected thing. Like Kiss is amazing. Ozzy Osbourne is amazing. I mean, he still sounds huge even though he barely moves. Um, you know, Kiss is a big show. Nickelback's show is still one of the best of all the shows. So loud. There's a lot of yelling, though. I figure they sort of overdo it, force it. But it's like a, this wall of sound, right? And so there are some great, uh, great concerts. So these intimate ones, though, always get me. And it's pretty cool when you think about uh, all of these people. And I will admit that there was another singer in town, and she was like... I don't know, 150, this lady. And I'm exaggerating clearly. But as part of the, uh, part of the event, they said that, oh, we've got a surprise for David Foster. And so they brought in this lady and she sat down and, um, and I don't remember who she was. This little old lady that was on tour, she was in her 80s. And I have looked and looked and looked. I did not recognize her name. But he um, he told the story. He had never, ever met her. And she was one of the most influential people in his music career. 
and I just wasn't at a place, I guess, where I, I knew what it was and and knew who she was. And I've looked and looked and looked to try to find out what her name was. And I wish I could tell you the story, but it was a very cool thing. When you think of the power of David Foster and the amount of songs he's created, like you're talking Jackson 5 way back, right? That he's been with all of these artists. And, um, and then in walks this little lady and he's almost in tears because he finally got to meet her and it was incredible. And she sang a song and Shane was too stupid to take note of who it was. <laughs> what a moment. My goodness. All right. 877-399-9898. Catherine's in Surrey. Hi, Kat. Catherine, are you there? Did we lose Catherine? Hmm. I think we lost a connection with Catherine. Hopefully she'll call back. Shane, great concerts, Mellencamp, Winnipeg Arena, 1988, Aerosmith, Winnipeg Arena, 2004, Aerosmith, North Dakota State Fair, 2015. If you can say you've seen a concert, by the way, at a state fair, that's cool. <laughs> Springsteen, Minneapolis, March 2008, David Winnipeg. That is uh, a long list of one favorite concert. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Mark in St. Thomas, Ontario. Uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds at the Warehouse in Toronto. Freaking amazing. Um, what else we got? Uh, Nickelback in Calgary. Never seen so many bras flying towards the stage. <laughs> Keep it classy, Calgary. Well done. Nice. Uh, Nighthawk Steve says, I'm 41. Never been to a concert. Uh, Chuck wow. Dan says, I'd love to see Elton John and Bruce Hornsby on the stage at the same time. George Thorogood, Expo 86, outdoor covered arena, less than 100 people. Such a close, intimate experience. Thank you very much, Mike, for that one. Cher in Calgary. Meatloaf in Calgary from John. Thank you very much, John. Cher would be cool. Cher would be a good one. Do we have Catherine back now? Is she back on the line? Did we get her? Did we lose her? Is she back? Is she there? Catherine? Am I here? Oh, there you are. Hey, buddy. What was your concert? It was Queen. It was Queen with Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was my very first concert. Wow, that's a good start, isn't it? Totally. And it freaked me out because the whole Coliseum was pitch black. Mm-hmm. And there's this beam of light that comes out, and it's him in the middle of it. And he's standing on a stack of speakers. It was really cool. Hmm. I love it. I mean, when you look at the fact that how long they lasted for music before he got sick and passed away, the uh, it's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, and, then, and you know, and then you see the movie, and you and then you put everything together. It just makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Great, I love it. Thank you very much, Kat. Thanks. Catherine is in Surrey. I saw Queen in '79. It was my first concert, and went to Boston soon after. Thank you very much for that one. Um, what else do we got here? Keith in Lindsay. Hey, Keith. The best concert I saw, 1969 Rock and Roll Revival Varsity Stadium with many bands like Chicago and Bo Diddley, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Alice Cooper. And the last two bands uh, were the uh, Plastic Ono Band with John Lennon and Eric Clapton, followed by Jim Morrison and The Doors. That's a pretty good lineup. Next best concert was 69 Maple Leaf Garden seeing Jimi Hendrix, then also 69 at O'Keefe Center with Led Zeppelin. You know, when you look back at some of these uh, different stories that everybody has, it makes you really, really um, realize that some of us have missed amazing eras of music. And I feel like mm-hmm. I was lucky because I caught grunge. Right. And I caught that 90s thing and was able to really enjoy that whole progression through the 90s. Pretty cool stuff. And when it comes to rock concerts and all those things, it sort of just all ended in 2005. And there's been like meh. This is the Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's If you have no idea what that is, you'll have to go back on the Shift Daily Podcast and listen yep. to the latest iteration of the International Dispatch with Chris Gilbert and the wonderful yep. racehorse that is Sumo. Love it. Okay, my friends, it's it is almost Friday. 
we're really close. I mean, uh, uh, Alberta and BC, we got another half an hour to go and, or no, just Alberta, BC, you gotta, you got another hour. Sorry, buddy. Uh, but we're getting there. However, it can't hurt to be prepared for this particular Friday. And that's because it's Black Friday. Yes, the busiest shopping day of the year across the world. Maybe not so in Canada because we still do Boxing Day, uh, which I always thought was really stupid. Why would we go buy Christmas presents the day after Christmas? Anyway, we'll save that conversation for closer to Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that true, though? <laughs> that's so that's stupid. Crazy. We just got a bunch I, of stuff for free, so let's go spend our money on more stuff. Exactly. Like you, I, and you I know get what? it for like, you, oh. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I mean, what does that say to your family? So they've spent yeah. weeks and weeks and weeks thinking about you going, what am I going to get Ryan for Christmas? Man, mm. what? Are, I've got it. I've worked hard. I've got it. I've found it in the store. I've ordered it in. I've sweated out the shipping. Is it going to be late? I wrapped it up. I put it under the tree. I sat there with you. You opened it. <gasps> Yay, the present. And then you're like, I didn't get enough. Let's go shopping. Yeah. It's always weird. And the lines are so busy. I understand for some families, that's like when they get their gifts for yeah, Christmas. And it's that certainly smarter. completely makes sense. There's a lot of reasons for Boxing Day. And it is an interesting day. You know, the day after Christmas, you might be a little hungover. You wake up, you go to the mall, and maybe you pick up the one thing that mom and dad didn't get you for Christmas. Something like that. Anyway, today, Friday, across Canada, is Black Friday. Thank you. And uh, it's a good idea to get some shopping for Christmas done because, I mean, this year we're shopping. We have no idea. However, it can't hurt. Get your list ready before you brave the stores. What's complicating things this year are labor shortage issues and supply chain issues. The B.C. flooding is adding extra stress to an already strained supply chain. A retail expert says you may have to adjust your expectations and shop around. Offers, what I would recommend is definitely look around. Um, I think because of the uncertainty and the, var- the different variables with the supply chain right now, it, the, the um, inventory levels are going to be inconsistent at best. So if you are looking for something, if you're looking for a deal, you know, you can definitely shop around, whether it's online, in person, on the phone. She says uh, one trend that we will see this year is people buying experiences for people on their list rather than things. Yeah, a lot of people. I, I, my mama has actually asked for more of an experience, kind of like Ryan and mom's day out rather than really? gifts, which a lot of people are doing that, which I think is a great idea. But in the meantime... Don't worry, because I know a lot of you are going to be shopping today. And I actually went shopping today. I only got one thing. I got a nice webcam for my computer uh, that's really nice. Usually quite expensive, but it was on a crazy deal at Best Buy. So I was able to pick that up. And I thought to myself. shopping for me. No, no. Excuse me while I make this all I already know what I'm getting you. Yeah. Really? Uh, Yeah. I, I thought about, you know, there's a lot of millennials in this world. And for on Black Friday, there's a lot of things us millennials like that go on sale. And if you are not a millennial, lucky you, congratulations. But you might have one in your life that you want to shop for. <laughs> might be your mm. kid or a friend. Who knows? However, I have gathered a list of some amazing deals that could be a great resource for you if you are shopping I for feel like this a is millennial. A oh, no. They, everybody's already got their list from me. And, uh, but mind you, uh, Hey, take notes if you like, uh, but so this, <laughs> let's, let's really paint this. Okay. Cause if you're not a millennial, I want you to understand it from our lens. So if you go on YouTube and you look up, here's a nice shopping guide. Every one of these videos has like a low fi hip hop beat in the background. So let's be true to the formula here. Let's make this sound like a proper millennial video guide with some hip hop samples. Hit it, my friend. Nice. Nice. Nice and simple. Okay, a couple of the deals that piqued my interest. Call of Duty Vanguard. I bet a lot of teenagers are going to be looking for this game this year. It's 44% off right now. A brand new Call of Duty game is 50 bucks. 
that's I, I worked at EB Games for almost six years and it never went down that much so close after launch that's a great deal for the video game fan and speaking of video games most big games specifically Guardians of the Galaxy you can walk in this is like Blaine Kylo is one of his game of the year you can walk into a GameStop and get this game brand new for just 40 bucks these retail for 80 to 90 these are some crazy good deals on games so if you've got a gamer in your family that's looking for a stocking stuff or anything like that this is the time to get it go into store amazon wherever amazing setup now if you're looking for some more fashion outdoor wear uh, some street wear or some kind of hip clothing or even just comfortable stuff you cannot go wrong with the canadian retailer livestock livestock goes by if you look up dead stock online they show up as livestock uh they've got locations in vancouver i don't know it's really weird simple i don't know why they do that uh but they've got a 70 up to 70 percent off right now you can get some real high fashion fancy brands there or you can get some really simple more common stuff and uh that's a great website love livestock can't recommend it enough and that's another thing for (laughs) nordstrom nike adidas all of them have some pretty okay sales but if you're looking for specific nike or adidas big brand products it's better to go to other distributors they will have better sales nine times out of ten and you're probably going to find cooler more forgotten products I love now. how here. This is so good. It's millennial shopping tips, and you just threw Nordstrom in there. <laughs> Nordstrom, Nordstrom has some super cheap stuff in there. It, it, Nordstrom has this reputation of being all highbrow and fancy. But if you walk into a Nordstrom, yeah, you go up to the top floor. They got the Balenciaga and all that. But on the bottom floor, they have cheap brands. They have their own brands. There's some good stuff hiding in there that you might miss yeah. out because you think Nordstrom is super super expensive. Simons as well. If you want to keep it Canadian. Uh, and the bay, man, I love the bay. The bay's got such bay. nice stuff, especially if you the want like, has good stuff too. more of like a classy look. Yeah, that's the way to go. Uh, Amazon has got some great deals. The Fire TV Cube is uh, is fifty bucks off. It's a hundred dollars. That thing's pretty sweet. Fitbits, everybody wants. The, 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 every family that I know, someone has gotten a Fitbit at Christmas. It's like a just, rite of passage in Canada. It's weird. Uh, there are 70 bucks fit. off right now. I don't yeah, want to do the work. Do I don't want a Fitbit. No, I don't blame you. No, for me, a guy that doesn't work out, all the Fitbit does is make me heavier. It's <laughs> <So>. <laughs> literally by grams, but every yep. bit counts. I get it. Uh, Kindles. I got a Kindle for my grandma, and that's probably got to be one of the top gifts I got my grandma. Uh, but you can also read comics on here. You can read things like that. Uh, so the millennial in your life uh, may want that. Like they've got some weird stuff thing. And I'm going to end on a weird product that is very millennial like. We're all about saving the earth and being environmentally friendly as we drink our, you know, you know, as we go all out on consumerism and all that. Yeah. But Post we like our to grow our media own posts stuff. about Earth Day on our cell phones. Exactly. We like to grow our own stuff. And I'm not talking about marijuana. I'm talking about food. Oh, A lot of people I, I know, assume. yeah, uh, like to uh, grow their own uh, herbs, literal herbs, not like spicy herbs not stuff that is not marijuana i'm talking like basil and stuff like that and uh there's this thing called the arrow garden system it's 120 bucks right now on amazon and it essentially allows you to grow these herbs in-house which is cool it's like a hobby and you get something out of it so those my friends are some of the things i saw that are useful for black friday uh hopefully you can have some stuff uh derek as a good point staples has the soda stream i bought for 100 bucks i got mine for 40 this is that time of year where you bought something two weeks ago and now you found out it's 80 dollars cheaper oh man and uh i'll move before i move to the next story i'll I, i'd like to read this too bad millennials can't speak english it's we millennials not us millennials um <laughs> I resent that. And the reason I do is because we just in general have a weird way of talking. In fact, uh, uh, my one of my teachers at SAIT pointed out that millennials for some reason use plurals where there shouldn't be plurals. And uh, 
words where there shouldn't be, but it still makes sense to us and you don't really notice it until you point it out. So if I say something like that, it's not a typo. It's just the way I was raised. Is that going to fly? I don't know. Oh, no, because you're putting the blame <laughs> on your parents. It's terrible grammar. It's a lack of attention to detail. And mm-hmm. it's just like you can't mm-hmm. just change <laughs> just change the way the English yep. language works because you're lazy. I'm certainly try. I'm going to certainly try. And uh, <laughs> I'll leave the Black Friday stuff with the best Black Friday advice. And it is from Aaron. Shop local. We have nothing in stock. That's a good point. However, if your local store has it, get it from there. Like this is the perfect time of year. And many local stores will do Black Friday deals. Might not be the same as a big chain, but you can still find some pretty cool stuff, especially Mm -hmm. at like boutiques and uh, homemade things. Uh, That's uh, um... one of my gifts this year is a homemade item. And I'm excited to give that one. I got you avocado for your toast. Nice. Nice. Oh, uh, it's a trick to that. Uh, Tomato, onion, avocado, and balsamic vinegar on toast. It's nice. The vinegar adds a little sweetness to it. It's nice. Trust you. Okay, moving on. In case you missed it, they're back. Uh, Sorry, Shane. My favorite journalists. Well, they're not really journalists anymore. They're more hosts. My favorite, my second favorite hosts Hmm? are back with a new special. It's about cars and France and food, and I'm so excited. The Grand Tour, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, Richard Hammond, you know them from Top Gear or The Grand Tour, which is their sort of Amazon version of that show that they used to be on, are back with their second lockdown special. They usually travel the world and put cars to the test in places like Madagascar, the desert, or in Mongolia. They built a car and drove it across Mongolia. It's my favorite thing they've ever done. Uh, But with COVID, they haven't really been able to travel, which makes sense. So that's why these, these blokes, as they're all based in the UK, are looking across the channel. And they are making their way over to France. This next special which you can watch on Amazon Prime. We got the first trailer for it today. It is Carnage à Trois. Three, three, which would be three. What would that be? Carnage of three? Three Carnage? Sounds dirty. Carnage? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would be, well, uh, it it'd be like the Rex of three or something. Rex of three, yeah. All three Carnage. Carnage. of the former Top Gear, now Grand Tour presenters are back. This special looks bonkers. In addition to explosions, car races... They also drop a vintage car from 500 feet in the air. France. We like their food, their wine. But French cars can be a bit weird. It's claimed the suspension is so good that you can drop one from 500 feet. Oh, shit. I love this car. I really want one. The biggest stop sign. Stop! <laughs> one of a number of things has gone wrong. <laughs> and you must stop instantly or die. They're not exaggerating on that car. Essentially, it's an old Citroen. And the in the dash, the warning light that something has gone wrong is like the size of a small dinner plate it's enormous it's so weird uh and this special looks really neat i think it you know every time i watch them i learn something new i think that's why i love their their work and i I feel like i'm gonna get a crazy look at, at some stupid stuff they do like blowing up cars and all that but also i'm gonna learn about french racing and french automotive industry in general uh which is pretty sweet uh this drops on december 17th I'm actually going to be saving this for Boxing Day because last year they dropped a special around Christmas. I forgot about it and we watched it as a family on Boxing Day and it is one of my favorite like holiday memories in recent years. So I'm kind of hoping really? a little tradition comes out of this. Yeah. Well, none of my family really watched the show except my dad who loves it and even my grandma was loving it. My brother who doesn't really care about cars loved it. So these these shows are hilarious. You will learn something. And without these guys, I would not be doing what I do. Like these are the people who inspired me to tell stories. And so it's definitely worth a watch. I can already tell you. Wow. Like it. In case you missed it. 
Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 